Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 31. They said it would never happen for her. My darling, I am so excited to be here with you today, as I always am. And before we get into today's extra large episode, I just got to tell you, I actually have the coolest job in the world. Well, I don't really look at it as a job. It's actually my calling. It's my passion. It's my purpose. It's my ministry. It is exactly what I was put on this earth to do professionally. And I say that because every time I'm either meeting with the women in my Fearlessly Fertile Method program, working with one-on-one clients, or reconnecting with women whose lives I've touched, I just keep thinking to myself, wow, these women are so incredible. And being surrounded by incredible women is constantly pushing me to keep my game as sharp as hell. And I just love it. And I really hope that with each one of these episodes, you are really taking to heart that everything you could possibly want on this journey is available to you, especially if you allow yourself to be the woman who has incredible success on this journey. And that's incredibly important for you to take in now, because when you hear my interview with the amazing Tracy, who I'll introduce momentarily, you're going to see exactly why this is the case. Because you've heard me say this before, and I will continue to say it for as long as I draw breath. In order for you to succeed on this journey, you must be the woman who succeeded before you actually see that tangible success. And I know that that's counter to what most of us are trained to do, but you must start with the end in mind. You have to start being that woman now. And In today's episode, you are going to meet Tracy. And, you know, I don't know how the two of us got through this this interview without just sobbing. Tracy, as you'll hear, you're just gonna fall, you're just gonna fall in love with her. Like, let's just put it out there. You're gonna fall in love with her. But her drive, her mindset, the the person that she had to be to call in her miracles, you're gonna see why this is so important. Because she's gonna be honest with you about everything that she was facing and the temptation that she had to shrink back and give up on her dream. But you're going to hear exactly why thinking like a woman who achieves success from the get-go before any of that success even surfaced was a critical aspect of her success. Tracy's story embodies the fact that we all have a choice about how we choose to live this journey. We can choose to live it in a way that supports our success, or we can live it in fear and victimhood, negativity and doubt. You get to decide. 
But this woman's story is going to show you the power of living this journey fueled by your hell yes. My loves, from the moment I first spoke with Tracy, I knew this woman and I were sisters from another mother. She, just the sound of her voice, just the immediate warmth that I felt, I just knew that Tracy and women like Tracy are why I do what I do in the world. And I knew that she was somebody that, that I could really work with and that we could make magic together because of the hell yes kinship that we immediately had. Tracy's story, and I can't wait to introduce you to her, is one of a woman who dared to stand tall in her hell yes. I know you've all heard me talk about that, and, and it's either hell yes or hell no, there's no hell maybe, but Tracy is someone that embodies that fire. She embodies that faith, and she had every reason to give up on herself, turn her back on what she knew in her heart, but she had the guts to stand up. Tracy's warmth, her faith, her intelligence, and her grace as a woman on a mission will unquestionably inspire you to reach to your next level. So Tracy, I am so delighted to have you on the podcast. I can't wait for everyone to hear your story and to learn from you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, my darling. Yay! Hey! Hi, everyone. And my country twang, so. (laughs) (laughs) We love it! Yes! So I am a country girl from the South. uh, all, you know, born and raised, you know, kind of to be that good, great woman, but always, you know, being led by some strong women. And, you know, I feel like that's probably, you know, part of this journey of why I, I, I'm very strong in my faith and strong in the hell yes or hell no. But, it, you know, going through this journey, it did get in the way. Mm. And that's what, you know, in my story, it's I'm the type of person where I'm very determined and everything should just be easy. It's if, if I make a goal, why can't I make it happen? And on this journey, it, it really knocked me down, you know, back to reality, but not knocking me out of my faith and my belief in what I know is true for me and myself and what is always in my heart, which was to become a mom. And I think that's what led me to you to kind of get me into a place where I needed someone that was also on the journey, but could also get me out of my own way to be like, you can still have what you want to have, but you had to as I like to say, temper myself and kind of put that masculinity, uh, you know, to the side and just kind of be a feminine woman and just kind of still be strong in my faith and what I believed in and still go for that hell. Yes. So that's a little Mm -hmm. bit about me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit about me. Yeah, no. And that's a wonderful, and we've got, we got loads to talk about. So, So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got on this journey? Like what were you facing as on your path to becoming a mom? Yeah. So I would say my, it actually started um, back when I was 24 and I'm not, I'm not one of those people that are not proud to say right now I'm 42. So it's, so it started when I was <laughs> 20. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm still a spring chicken. So my journey started when I was 24, I was having some severe pains, didn't know what it was. And then finally, you know, after a month of them trying to figure out, I had, you know, it was like seven fibroids in my uterus inside, outside, and and it was causing pain. So I had my first myomectomy. And from there, I remember when after the surgery, I had it through my fertility specialist that I still see to this day, but I kind of cut them aside and you'll hear that later. 
that, you know, they told me that my chances of having a, a child is very slim because, you know, they don't know, they didn't know what the fiber was doing. They don't know what that surgery was going to do. And from there, from 24 all the way up until the age of 35, I had multiple fibroid surgeries. So after every time I had a surgery, I was always told you would never be able to conceive naturally. You would never be able, might not be able to carry the term. If you do, you're going to have so many issues with the baby and all this other good, good rigmarole. And then, you know, at the age of 30, I met the love of my life. And like I guess I'm trying not to cry, but at the age of 30, I met the love of my life and didn't even think about having kids. Cause you know, at the age of 24 to that time, I was still into my career. And I was like, you know what, if I have a child, I have a child if I don't. But everything came into play when I met my husband at the age of 30. Um, we didn't get married until I was 35. But at the, you know, right around when I had my last surgery, when I was 35, I got off of birth control because I was like, you know, what, let's just try even before we got married. And I know that's not, you know, that's the Southern, that, that wasn't the Southern way. But, um, and I just was not getting pregnant. Even, you know, from the time we got engaged, even after, you know, getting married, I just was not getting pregnant. Even with those times where I felt like I was pregnant, it just it wasn't. And then went to the fertility specialist and he was like, yeah, I told you your chances are very slim. So I don't think it's going to happen. You need to think of other options. So, I mean, from that point, you know, for me, I'm like, hell no, because I want to have a natural baby. <laughs> I want to have a baby naturally. And if I can't have a baby the way my body's meant to have it, then I'm not going to have a baby at all. And I will tell you what, what really changed my mind was my husband, when he held my hand and looked at me with, you know, because he is a very, like, very empathetic guy. He looked at me with his, you know, tears in his eyes. and was like, Tracy, you cannot put a value on a child because you are meant to be a mom. You are so badass and we are meant to be parents. He said, let's just try it once. He said, don't worry about the money. Because I'm going to tell you what was playing into my story was that lack and scarcity. And why am I going to pay for something that my body's not meant to do that is not guaranteed, if that makes sense? Mm, oh, it totally makes sense. And, <laughs> oh, girl, I don't, I don't know how either one of us is going to make it through this not crying because <laughs> my eyes welled up when you're talking about your husband. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh yes. My God. <laughs> he's, he's, my, he's my hero. Yes. 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 And so, you know, so let's talk about some of that, that lack and scarcity. Let's go in that direction yes. next. We got a lot of different places to go, but let's go there. Yes. So yes. tell us a little bit about what that kind of what that meant in your life. Like what, how did the money and lack and scarcity like potentially interfere with your plans? Yeah, I think, um, and that, that came from, you know, working with you, my savior, <laughs> you, you, you kind of helped me peel back the onion of where it even started. And it started at a very young age. Um, my parents had, you know, young kids, but my mom always made do. My parents always made do. My dad always made do, but it was always when you have four kids under the age of 30 and you have a parent that's still, you know, parents that are still going through college, but in, in working full-time jobs, it's, you get that lack and scarcity kind of built in because it's like, you got to make do what you have. Don't go out and spend stuff you don't have. But then even now, I mean, they're very successful, but it just, that stayed in my mind. So every time I made a decision, I always looked at, well, I don't have enough or I need to plan because if the what if happens, I need to make sure I have a cushion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then finding yourself in a position where 
you're looking at having fertility treatments and you're saying to yourself, I think you had, like you had said, why am I going to pay for something that, you know, I should be able to do myself? Like, exactly. Yeah. So, so what would you say about that mentality today though? That, that was the stupidest mentality to have. <laughs> <laughs> it was the stupidest mentality. I mean, and not just even because my, my husband just looking in my husband's eyes, it was, and that goes back to, I, I, it was, a reason why I say it was stupid is because as women on this journey, we are, especially we're driven women. And if you're determined to do something, you shouldn't let your options, like I said, I always, I always go off of, you got to learn to pivot. And there's some things that we always make plans. And if it doesn't go the way we plan, we feel like, okay, we have to give up on what we want because it's not going the way we plan. And that's why I say it was a stupid decision that I could have made because had I not decided and decide to pivot and actually make more options to the goal, the end goal, which was to have a baby, that end goal can be whatever it needs to be. And if I didn't make that decision, I would not have been able to hold my little boy that I had today. So wow. that's why I say it was the stupidest decision. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, we, we use money as an excuse all the time. Like it's an easy exactly. Excuse. It's an easy excuse rather than to say, hey, how can I make this work? You know, Mm -hmm. how can I find resources? Because half the time we always tell ourselves, oh, I can't afford this or I can't afford that. But the reality is, is is that actually true? No, it's not true. It's it's not true. It, It is when things are meant to be and you put your mind to it, you can make things happen. And there's options now. And I tell people, you know, back in the day, and I would say back in the day, but even now there are ways that we can, you can make it affordable. You can make it happen. I mean, you might have to give up some things, but even sometimes you don't even have to, if you just kind of use your resources to do what you need to do to get it done. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about having your first baby. Let's talk about how, how that precious one came about. So tell us a little bit about that because you had already made the decision you were going to be a mom. Yes. And and but it, there was also a reality that you pivoted a little bit. I did. So tell did. us about that. <laughs> so I remember it like it was yesterday. So we made the decision, and it was like my husband said it was pretty contingent upon me. I made the decision to really pivot in um, May of 2016. Um, but I had already started chatting with you, and then me and you had our first session, and then you said, "Hey, hon." Why are you letting lack and scarcity scare you away from what you're meant to be? Yeah, I'm I'm doing it like in that that voice because that's how it kind of came across. I'm like, you know what? You're damn right. So then I finally, you know, I called up. I remember we had our session, and then it was a we had our session on a Tuesday. That next day, I called my fertility specialist and I said, Hey, I want to be able to get in next week um, because you know my cycle is getting ready to start, and they already told me how it was going to be for IVF. I said I want to start the process. Um, and then the doctor called back and said, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, and, and pull the trigger and move forward with that. So as we were going through the process, you know, I started on the hormones and stuff. And even then the fertility doctor was very skeptical. He was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure how this is going to work out because, you know, you're advanced maternal age. And, and at that time I was 39. He was like, we're just going to, we're going to take our chances. I said, okay, yeah, that, uh, I understand that but I want my damn medicine. Let's, let's get this ball on the roll, get this ball rolling. (laughs) (laughs) So they did the retrieval in July and the 
two days before the retrieval, you need to go in and get your follicle count. And they actually stopped counting at the, when it was 44. Because they was like, wow, at your age, I'm surprised you have this many eggs. And one of the other doctors that was in there, because I guess I was like a miracle person or whatever, they had another <laughs> doctor, they had another doctor coming to confirm to make sure they were counting it right. Do you see what I see? And I'm thinking before they, I'm like, oh shit, something's wrong with my body. Oh my God, what's gone wrong? But they were like, we're just going to stop counting. They stopped counting when it's 44. And they were like, at your age, you shouldn't have been producing this much. And I was like, yeah, you're, and I actually remember my husband told him, you're not God. Let's get this ball rolling. And I said, we're going to retrieve on Monday. So whoop, we're going to retrieve on Monday. So they retrieved, they pulled out 34, you know, did the thing. And after that, it was a waiting game because I remember in July, had my, you know, did the thing. And my period did not start and it didn't come back at us. And automatically, that's where that saboteur sat in. Like, okay, see, I told you. I don't know why you spent the money. I told you. Lack of scarcity. There it is. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to do a transfer. And then my doctor called and was like, hey, what's going on? I haven't heard from you. And I just kind of broke down, but really didn't. I was like, hey, I haven't got my period. I don't know what's wrong. And he was like, ah, oh, well, you know. It might not happen. I said, okay. And then at the end of September, I got my period. I was like, ah, let's get this ball on a roll again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we, we did all that. And to make a long story short, right, it was a day or two or, or a week before. It was a week before because I remember calling you and I was like, I texted you because I was crying as I was left leaving the office, but I was hell bent and determined. I remember we went through the process and it was week before we actually did transfer and the doctor said, I don't think we're going to do it. I don't think it's best. Um, you, you know, you skipped your period. And I said, no, we're doing it. We put all this money into it. I'm, I feel like it's meant to, meant to be, we're going to do this shit. Let's go ahead and do this. He said, okay, well, we're supposed to do it um, tomorrow. I said, well, we could skip it, do it a, a damn week out, but we're going to get this thing done. And lo and behold, the following week, they did the transfer on October 12th. And then two weeks, the two week, you know, the two week period, wait period came back positive And that's when I got my boy. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Woman. So, yeah. so it went from, you know, you're never going to conceive, you know, specifically naturally. And, and even if you did, you might yeah. not carry the term yeah. to this amazing news. Like, yes. So you listen to your gut, you followed yeah. your instincts, and two weeks later, you're pregnant. Yes. And you had a little boy two weeks before I had Asher, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was awesome being pregnant at the same time. It was kind of hilarious, actually. Yes. <laughs> um, and so after you had your little boy, what was next for you? Like, what were you thinking about in terms of your family? You know, and I think, and, and I, I attribute it back to you, Roseanne. It was, I remember getting back, going back through saying, I need to reach out to Roseanne again and get back on my, my lessons. And I remember I called you on our first lesson and I was so like stuck because I, I thought it was me needing to, to advance in my, my professional career again. And I remember me and you talking through, hey, me, me starting my own business and everything else. And I, you know, wrote the business plan and everything, but that wasn't it. It was me fighting the temptation that I knew I wanted to have another child. But I was like, we just did this. We said we were happy with one, but I'm like, no, I think I want to do it again. 
And so we did it again. And I know we did two, um, two IVF transfers and they failed. And I think in my mind, I was like, okay, I know, I know we're meant to have another kid. I, I started having dreams. I, it was like reality. I could see her and notice I keep saying her because I, I was like, there is, we're meant to have an, uh, be a family of four and, be, and have a boy and a girl. And the transfers failed. But then after the last one, I said, we're going to take a break. But then I started having like very clear, vivid, like it was reality. I would wake up like in night sweats because I was like, I just feel like God is talking to me saying, you're going to have this child, but stop trying to do it your way. Stop trying to do it on your timetable and just kind of relax. And when I did, the next time I had, I think I had talked, I think I texted you and I said, I'm meant to, ha- I'm meant to have a baby, but I think I'm going to go in and, and talk to fertility specialist and say, I want to do a natural cycle. And you said, own that hell. Yes. I was like, yes, I'm going <laughs> to own it. I'm going to own it. And then it was December. I went in and I said, I went in and I talked to the, to my doctor and I said, Hey, I want to do, I want to do try one more time of IVF, but I want to do it all naturally. And he looked at me like I was frostbite. <laughs> and he was like, so that means you don't want to do any hormones. I said, no, I don't want to do anything. I just want you to do a transfer. And it was, de- that was December 16th. And he said, I don't think that's best because again, here he goes, it's your age and we need to make sure we increase your chances of being very successful. And I remember throwing it back in his face. I said, well, you said that last time and it failed twice. So can we just try it my way? And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I was, it, it was still something in me saying it needed to be a natural, it needed to be natural. And, you know, the holidays come around, we had a little fun and I pop up and end up getting pregnant naturally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so you didn't even get to that natural cycle because no. you got pregnant naturally on your own. Was yes. That, was that the same doctor that told you you'd never conceive naturally? Exactly. Yes, ma'am. See? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I'm going to tell you what, when, when I took that test, I screamed and bug eyed. And I remember texting you and I said, would you look at this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, and you were like, holy shit, are you kidding me? I was like, no, I didn't even tell my husband. I mean, I was so shocked because you know, again, something was telling me I was meant to have a child naturally and my body was ready. I thought it meant natural IVF cycle, but the, a higher power was saying, no, just wait on my time. You're going to get pregnant. And I got pregnant and it was like, you know, the best thing since sliced bread because it was like, I was determined and I said, my hell yes. And I knew in my heart of hearts that it was meant for us to have another child, but it was going to happen on the way it happened. And, you know, unfortunately that, that child did not kind of take to fruition and that in the fertility doctor, cause I don't know why I went back to him and he was, you know, checking me out and stuff. And he said, he kept saying, well, you know, you, you have a lot of eggs left and we have some, some embryos left, you know, this didn't work out, but Hey, you can always come back and do IVF. And, and here I am going through, the, you know, the cycle of not, of it not working. And I was so distraught. I was like, this fucker, mm-hmm, <laughs> you're still, mm-hmm. you know, you're worried about the scientific aspect and you're worried about the money aspect, but let's take that out and be a, you know, be human for a second and just be like, you know what? Congratulate me on the fact that I was able to get to a place where you said I would never be able to get. 
especially right. at my um, I'm air quoting my age. So, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so you didn't end up carrying that baby to term. No. Did you stop there? Uh, no, ma'am. I did not. <laughs> Tell us <laughs> no, what happened next. So I just completely decided, and I, 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 I don't know. Every every decision I made, I always made sure I texted you, and it wasn't. It wasn't that I needed you to confirm. It was just, I was just telling you what I was doing. And you always gave me that, hell yes, go for it. And I remember just saying, I'm going to cut my fertility doctor off. And I'm just going to start sticking with my OB because my OB is just like us. She's, she is headstrong. She, I, I love her. I've been you know with her for, since I was 21 years old. And I went in to her and she was like, she was like, just chill. She was like, you know what? You got pregnant that time. She said, just do it for me. Try it one more time, and I guarantee you'll get pregnant again. She said, go ahead and schedule your annual. I guarantee you'll get pregnant again. I said, no. I said, I think it was just a fluke. She was like, no, ma'am. She's like, it wasn't a fluke. She said, I told you before that she could have. And I, she's like, I don't know why you never listened to me. I said, because it never happened. She was like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> had a miscarriage in February, didn't think about it, you know, had fun again in March. It was around my birthday, and then lo and behold, got pregnant again, naturally again, that quick. And now I am 27 weeks pregnant with my little girl. Oh! <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. this, is, this is so good because you, you basically went from, this is never going to happen for you, you know, yes. and, and all of this fear, all of this angst, you did it, you know, you did it once through IVF and now you're doing it naturally in yes. a way that they basically told you would never happen. Yes. you know listen you know it takes a lot to do what you've done because you could have used the excuse of age you could have used the excuse of the miscarriage you could have used the excuse of the fibroids you could have you know anybody would have totally you know had your back with those excuses yeah yeah you had the guts to keep saying hell yes and not only did you get pregnant naturally you trusted your heart you're having the baby girl that you knew in your soul you were going to yeah. have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because wow. wow. I, I, I would tell you back in, in September when I kept having those dreams, I was in Target buying diapers and I walked past this little cute summer dress and it was a little girl's dress and something said, buy it. And then right beside that little dress, it was a, a you know, a, a newborn you know, bring, bring home baby, little girl's outfit. I bought both of those. And, and I'm start. I'm trying not to cry, but do you realize that when she is due and born this year, she'll be able to be able to wear both of those. And I'm like, Oh my God, this oh. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was like, I listen to signs and I see signs. And like I said, we don't, you know, when we're, when we're caught in our own way or we get ourselves in our own way, we can't get ourselves out. I'm a strong believer in walk the talk. You can't talk it without walking it. And there are some times that we say things, but our actions and our beliefs don't line up. But it was once I started working with you and I realized, you know, I can get whatever I want, whether it be work or life. And I really started honing into the messages that were given to me. And and my dreams, like I said, they are so vivid. I knew I was supposed to have another child, but a girl specifically, and then buying those outfits and being able to bring her home in those outfits. Uh, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, you can't no. ask for anything better. <laughs> no, and, and that's the power of a woman trusting her instinct. And, yes. and, and this is why like, I, your story is so incredibly compelling because of all of the challenges that you were facing. Because as you were describing to us earlier, I mean, the fibroids had you, you know, the, the fibroids had their boot on your neck, right? Oh, yes. And oh, yes. Inside, outside, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, you had a lot of things working against you. But yes. you landed on your feet with yes. both your babies. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and, and I, I really love that you shared the story about buying the outfits because how often do we tell ourselves, well, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I don't want to count my chickens until they're, you know, eggs until they're hatched and all that other stuff. But mm-hmm. you, you weren't available for listening to that saboteur. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. And, I, and another present that I bought for myself Chris's present I brought for myself last year was a necklace and it was a mother of two necklace. And, oh. but no one never, never, no one ever asked what the symbols meant on the necklace. But if they did, I would say a mother of two. And some people automatically assume like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, she's coming. She's coming. It's okay. You don't have to be, Oh no, she's coming. So now oh, when I wear wow. it, it's like, yeah, it was a piece of jewelry that I invested in. I'm like, yeah, I'm about this. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So, you know, there was a, something else that I that you shared early on that I want to make sure that we touch on because you mentioned it in passing. But I really think that when we get good at this, you know, as lovably type A, control freaky, perfectionist, <laughs> you know, professionals, mm-hmm. you know, we often try to get pregnant like men. And you talked about this masculinity thing. So tell us a little bit about tapping back into your femininity and what it meant to start for you to stop trying to get pregnant like a man. <laughs> yeah, so for me it was, I'm laughing because I remember our conversations, it was stop trying to dominate, stop trying to do things like a man would do. And I know that's so cliche in this world that we have today. I mean, you, you're, we could be strong feminists, we could be strong feminine women, but we don't have to always lead and go through life being so hard, being so hard on ourselves. Because that's one of the things that I was doing. It was, we're meant to be fighting. A lot of us either have gone through things or, or, you know, having to fend for ourselves or fight for what we want. And, you know, whether it be a young age or whatever, and, and we carry that through our professional life because it's like, we want to be seen as the strong women that we're meant to be we're not going to bend down to anybody. We're not going to back down to anybody. But on this journey, you have to kind of, not have to, kind of, but you have to lighten yourself up and kind of blossom as that rose, that beautiful, I like to call it the pink rose because it represents you, Roseanne, as we Aww. talk through, to kind of let yourself <laughs> bloom. Yeah, bloom, be vulnerable, be like, you know, you still have that strong stem to kind of, you know, lead the way, but you don't have to always try to do things your own or not ask for help or not let people in and not pe- not letting people know what you're going through because you know when you're leading as a man a lot of men don't ask for help a lot of them don't communicate a lot of them don't share their feelings and sometimes for me that's where my masculinity came in it was like I don't want to I don't want anybody to know no one needs to know what I'm going through they don't need to know what, what my body's going through they're in my business that it has nothing to do with it. It's like once you start finding those people that you can 
rally around you and have that support support system, when you start opening up and being vulnerable, that femininity just kind of flows in. And it's not saying you still can't be the strong woman you are, but you don't have to be so hard, if that makes wow. sense. Wow. It makes perfect sense. And, and that, that's really about, you know, being smart about your bump squad. Because yeah. you mentioned that with your OB, and she sounds like she kicks major ass, which is she awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you were really careful about cultivating that bump squad. And, you know, I, I am so honored to have, you know, that experience with you. And, and I also got to, to hug you in person. <laughs> I know. In, in Boise at the, yes. the retreat that I did. And it was just incredible because I want to point that out as well, because you were like, were you like eight weeks pregnant? Yes. I remember, remember when I told you, even before I found out, I said, Roseanne, I said, I'm just so determined to get pregnant. I am going to be pregnant by the time I get to the retreat. And you said, all right. <laughs> yeah. And you were pregnant at the retreat. Retreat. And, yes. Yeah. You had your moments with your, with your sickness, but everyone yes. was pulling for you. And, yes. and that was the thing. I mean, this is what makes you so hell yes. And why I, I want so many women to just eat up your story because you kept saying yes. Like yes. it's, you know, you could have been, and, and I mean, it wouldn't have been any problem if you said, oh, I'm just, I'm not coming to, you know, I'm just too sick. But you knew what you wanted for yourself. You yeah. knew what you wanted. You got your butt in the room. You came and, and you got what you came for. And, and you just kept saying yes. And, and look at you now. Look at where you are today. Yeah. Soon to be, you know, mother of two. You're, you know, you've beaten the odds. And, and it's really incredible. So what are some of the lessons that you would want other women to know from your journey? Like if you really think back, because you kind of touched on one uh, uh, earlier before, because you allowed yourself to be vulnerable. I mean, it must have, yes. it must yes. have just been incredible to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I want you to coach me through this because yes. I'm not, because asking for help is hard, but but what other lessons would you want every woman listening to this to know? So, like, you know, to kind of reiterate, you know, open up and being vulnerable, asking for help, getting the support you need, but not giving up on yourself and actually standing by what you firmly believe in, but learning how to pivot. And if, because if it doesn't work the way you feel like it should be working, it will work eventually. Don't give up on your dreams and don't let other people tell you that things won't happen and just be easy on yourself because again we can have our own timetable in our heads but whatever you believe in I say a big I believe in God is it will happen when it's supposed to happen on their and on their time and how it's supposed to happen and just be open to the options you're provided right right and we have a choice on how we live it between the yes so say more about that. What would you say? Because sometimes the timeline isn't exactly the way we want it to be, but we have a choice about how we can live between now and when our baby gets here. You have a choice of how you're going to deal with the waiting period. You have a choice of how you're going to deal with how you need to change and pivot. Because if you live in that woe is me or ho-hum mode, that is the saboteur sinking in and you're not actually the best version of yourself. And I say that because I was like that before I started working with Roseanne. On the other points, I would say the walking the talk part is 
something that we all need to kind of work on. Um, because if you have that woe is me attitude, or if it's not working out the way I need to work, um, how it needs to work, or it's not on my timetable, we let that negative saboteur set in and um, set in to let us knock us off again. But I feel like if we walk the talk and you really want to that hell yes, it's learning how to pivot and just kind of be in a positive mindset throughout this. Things will happen the way they're supposed to happen. It might not happen when, but it will happen eventually for you. Yeah, well, and it's great because you have to be that person. I mean, when you think about what it takes to create success, you have to be the woman who has success. You can talk a big game about being positive, but if your actions are not in alignment with that, you're not going to create the kind of results that somebody like you created. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you helped me through that. You helped me through that because I used to not be like that. I would always, especially being a leader, you know, you help inspire other people, but I needed someone to inspire me. So that was you helping me to get, get out of my own way of, hey, you're saying it, so you better be able to kind of show it and have your access line up. So. <laughs> you, helped, you helped me accountable. You kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, I mean, the way I see it is it takes an alpha female to hold space for another alpha female, right? Like, it's, yes. it's not. Yes. And so, and I think, you know, you really allowed yourself to become the woman who succeeded even before you had evidence of your success. And I think that is a huge piece of the puzzle. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I might pat myself on my back, but I'm like, it, it, I'm telling you, ladies, it was all my, my girl, my girl, Roseanne, really, <laughs> really helped me work me through because I'm telling you, if, if it wasn't for you for kicking my butt and just kind of telling me, hey, you can get what you want. You just got to believe in it. And, and you said you have to believe. You just got to figure out why you're standing in your own way. And when I, it was like a, something just kind of went off that light bulb and you held me accountable. And we always had works, you know, always had activities and I had to work on it. I mean, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight, but it happened. And that's why I just, you know, all my gratitude towards you and being with me on this journey the second time around, it just continued to work. And that's the other thing I want to tell women is just because you're on this journey, don't stop. Because I'd never, even though I got my boy, I didn't stop. Because you, you helped you help me in other ways in my life that has changed, that I show up differently in my marriage. I show up differently with my friends, with my family, and at work. So Aww. I love you to death. Yeah. I know. I love you too. <laughs> we can't be separated. I mean, I but that's the thing is like, it, it's just, it has a ripple effect in your life. And so yes. thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Tracy, because your story is a story of triumph. It's a, it's a story of faith. It's a story of a woman who was allowing herself to become the very best version of herself so she could usher in the family that she always wanted and, and that you knew in your soul you deserved and that you were put here to cultivate. So thank you for being with us, my darling. Thank well, you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Well, loves, I told you that Tracy was amazing, and I hope that her story inspires you. You simply cannot let other people's opinions, statistics, or what anyone else thinks stop you or keep you from your hell yes on this journey. And if you want to learn what Tracy learned, enrollment in my all-new Fearlessly Fertile Method program is open. Tracy created amazing results 
very quickly after we started working together because she was the woman who was not going to leave without her baby. This program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months. To apply for your interview to be part of this revolutionary program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for your breakthrough session there. My methodology, as you heard, has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. If you don't have a mindset for success, my love, you've got a gaping hole in your strategy and let's fix that. Take all the wonderful, rich lessons that Tracy had to offer today and decide that you are going to stand by your unique hell yes. Till next time, change your mindset change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.